0: on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast.
1: So with, with psilocybin, which is, which is magic mushrooms, what's happening in your brain is your gut is actually converting it to another chemical, a psilocin. Your brain is, is, is form, forming new neural pathways that have not been used before. And when implemented and integrated in the right way, you can actually um, keep those pathways active.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan. I am so happy that you're here, and I am very excited about today's episode. I sit down with a newer friend of mine, Allie Shaper. She founded Super Mush and also the Multiverse, and I'm going to let her explain everything. She talks all about it in the episode. I do want to say that I am a huge fan of her Supermush products. They are functional adaptogenic mushroom sprays, and... A lot of my experience of mushrooms in the past, and I'm talking about, fun- well, I guess on, on all spectrums of mushrooms is they don't really taste that great. And she has created this spray that um, tastes really good. They're very lightly sweetened. You know how I feel about sugar and there's not a ton in here. They're just sweetened with monk fruit and a little bit of honey and they actually taste good and they're great because you can take them on the go. There's three different ones for energy, anxiety, stress. It's a chill one. And then the other one is for immunity. Now, what I'm very excited about this conversation is that we dive into the science of psilocybin. If you're living a ro- under a rock and you have no idea what psilocybin is, that is the component that is in what we call magic mushrooms. There's a ton of science coming out right now and how psilocybin is helping people overcome all sorts of different disorders like anxiety, depression, uh, PTSD. People are doing psychotherapy assistance now with therapists. And the the science of this is really just beginning and it's starting to explode. It's really cool. If you guys are familiar with the work of Michael Pollan, I highly recommend his book. It's called How to Change Your Mind, and he really dives into a lot of what she and I talk about today. But I really wanted this to be just kind of like a 101 on psilocybin. It's uh, really important to me personally. I talked a lot this a lot about this on a previous episode. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's number 31 and it's called psychedelic therapy and I talk about my experience that I had with a really big mushroom dosage and the healing that I found around the grief of the tragic death of my sister. And I bring it up a little bit in this episode, but if you want to hear more about it, I would highly recommend going back and referencing episode 31 because I dive more into detail about it in that one. But it really helped me move through a lot of the grief and emotions that I had, um, post, uh, the traumatic death of my sister. So this is really near and dear to my heart. And then more recently I have been, I've been thinking about this and talking about it a lot with friends. And a lot of my friends do this in my social circle, uh, about microdosing psilocybin. I actually just started a protocol literally yesterday. If you are unaware of what microdosing is, we go into that as well into the episode. And I do want to preface this and say, uh, we are not telling you to do these drugs. You should always talk to your doctor. And uh, this is more just informational for people who are curious about psilocybin and all the science that's coming out right now. We we dive into also as well, the stigma that's around um, psilocybin use, you know, magical mushrooms. There's a lot of stigma around it. And we are trying to release that stigma because um, she and I are both in agreement of this, that we believe that it's um, it's just not correct. Like we, we can be using psilocybin in, in such amazing ways, such therapeutic ways. And it's really been helping a lot of people, especially, uh, when it comes to mental disorders, like I mentioned, and I feel very passionately about this, having, uh, had a, an experience that's really near and dear to my heart. So anyways, I don't want to speak anymore on this because I want you guys to hear Allie and everything that she has to say. So I really hope that you guys enjoy the episode. As always, if you were listening and enjoying the podcast, if you could rate and review it, it would mean so much to me. It really helps this podcast. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. I love supporting companies that have really amazing stories. And this is how I feel about BTR bars. So the woman that started this company, um, unfortunately, her parents were diagnosed with rare forms of cancer. She was in and out of caretaking them full time in and out of hospitals. And she realized that in all these hospital vending machines, there were no good, healthy snacks. And it was really affecting her energy levels. She was getting brain fog and it was affecting her stress. And so she was looking for a better snack that would actually fill her up and made with really clean ingredients. And she made her own snacks for me to get behind a food bar. It's huge. I don't like food bars. Normally they are notoriously full of junky ingredients, loads of sugar. They never fill me up. They always leave me wanting more snacks. And what I love so much about these bars is they're gluten-free, dairy-free, non-GMO. There's no gums, no emulsifiers, no natural flavors. There's only 2 to 3 grams of sugar per bar. Um, They're perfect if you're keto or paleo. They also have, on average, between like 10 to 13 grams of fat, which is really good because fat keeps you full. Um, The one I'm looking at right now has 7 grams of protein and 7 grams of fiber. And the ingredients are just spectacular. And not to mention, they are so good. I love them. I've gotten all my friends on these. My personal favorite one is the peanut butter chocolate chip. They also have cinnamon cookie dough and dark chocolate brownie. I also have a code for you guys. So if you want to save 15% off site-wide and get free shipping, go to btrnation.com and use code REALFOODOLOGY. What if I told you that there was a way to improve your cognitive function over time and improve your productivity without any sort of harsh side effects without having to get a pharmaceutical prescription drug or have to reach for numerous cups of coffee every single day. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Magic Mind. Magic Mind is the world's first productivity drink. I started drinking this, and I have truly seen a difference in the way that my brain functions, and I'm so much more productive during the day now that I take this. I wish I had found this years ago because it has really transformed the way that I work on a day-to-day basis. What it is is it's a little shot and it has matcha green tea. It also has adaptogens and nootropics and just a little bit of honey, but there's not a ton of sugar. You know how I feel about sugar. And this blend of matcha green tea that gives you just a little bit of caffeine, which also has L-theanine in it, which helps to calm the nervous system. So you're not going to have a really jittery, Um, Like you're feeling like you're jumping out of your skin kind of energy. It's just going to be a really calming, soothing energy. It also has cordyceps mushrooms, which are notorious for giving you a little bit of energy. But again, it's that kind of clean energy. There's also ashwagandha in there that really helps with stress and echinacea that boosts the immune system. And then there's also cytocholine, which also it helps oxygenate the brain so that you can uh, so your brain can function better. I cannot speak highly enough of Magic Mind. I have a code that saves you 20% off. If you use code realfoodology at magicmind.co, you're going to save 20%. Please write me on Instagram. Let me know how you're loving it. I really hope that you love this product as much as I do. Before we dive into all of this, I want everyone to have a little bit of a background on you and what you do. So can you kind of talk about what you do? Yeah.
1: So it's, it's a few different things. Um, everything kind of ties back to mushrooms and, and mental health. And actually, you know, when people say, you know, what is your company? We describe it as a mental wellness company that happens to make mushroom products. So I'll break it down. There's a few different kind of parts of, of the business, but the company is called into the multiverse. I'm actually sitting in front of our, of our podcast set right now. We have this mushroom moss wall, um, that is the backdrop of our podcast set, but we have First, you know, the, fir- the first thing I guess that we launched was the multiverse, which is our mushroom specific marketplace. So like the easiest way to think about it is a thrive market for mushroom products. We curate and vet the best um, functional mushroom products, everything from protein powders to supplements, to tinctures, to capsules, to gummies, and um, collect them all in one place so that people can shop for the highest quality mushrooms. And that's called the multiverse. And then we also have our own in house brand called Super Mush, which is this really funky sixties and seventies inspired brand. Um, we, we make two things, mushroom, uh, functional mushroom supplements right now in the form of mouth sprays, so mushroom superfood sprays. We have three energy, immunity and chill. And then we also have this full line of mushroom streetwear, which is really fun. And we'll, you know, we'll continue to make more products. We have a few more launching in a few months and. And then, thirdly, we have this kind of education and events arm of the company, which is under our Into the Multiverse brand. So we actually have three separate Instagram accounts for everything that we're doing, and this uh, is is focused on mushroom everything, so functional mushrooms and psilocybin. And so we cover, you know, we create content around what's happening in the fungi space. We have a podcast called Into the Multiverse, where we bring thought leaders and experts together to talk about you know, their experience with mushrooms, both functional and psilocybin, because they're equally as powerful um, in different ways. And then we also have a dinner series around the future of psychedelic wellness, same concept, bringing together thought leaders and experts to figure out how to move the space forward with integrity. And the last piece of this is um, a recent passion of, of mine and my co-founders in, in the last really like, you know, six months or so has been legalization. And I'm really passionate about legalization and really what the future of psilocybin consumer products look like it is still a schedule one substance which means it's fully illegal for you know recreational supplemental use there are clinical trials going on which we can dive into you know all the legalization stuff later but it's still very much illegal yet it's helping so many people and my my mental health, hundreds of people around me has been radically changed by psilocybin, both in macrodoses and in microdoses. And um, so we have a nonprofit called the Microdosing Collective that we formed in in um, collaboration with other experts in the microdosing space to figure out what is the future of public policy in that way.
0: That's amazing. And I think it's so wild that it's still illegal in most places because you think about how alcohol is legal and the detrimental effects that alcohol has on our body from a health standpoint and the fact that that is legal and anyone can just you know above 21 can go and just buy alcohol but psilocybin a mushroom is still considered a like a narcotic do they consider it a narcotic or what is it classified as yeah i mean
1: it's a, it's a, it's a schedule 1 drug and and it's 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 in the same category as, as heroin and and opioids and um you know cannabis is still schedule 1 even though it just it's you know i just saw something the other day it is getting Rescheduled, which is really exciting. But, um, you know, the, the definition, I'm, I, might, I might botch the exact definition, but it's if it's considered a Schedule I drugs, it means it has no therapeutic, found to have no therapeutic benefit. Um, but it is, you know, it's at the same time, psilocybin was granted breakthrough therapy designation by the FDA, which is really exciting. Amazing. So that means that it's able to, you know, be used in these clinical trials um, at an expedited rate. And, you know, there's, I mean, I, I wrote down the number of, of trials that are happening right now. I don't know if this is the latest up to date because there's more that are happening every day. But right now there's 65 clinical trials going on with, with all wow. psychedelics. And that's, you know, I love everything from LSD to psilocybin, um, but it's everything that they're studying. Too. Yeah, well, and, and ketamine, um, Ketamine. I would say there's less trials around because ketamine is is legal. You know, there's hundreds of ketamine clinics across the United States. People may be, you know, familiar with field trip or numinous um, companies like that. And, you know, more, more of the clinical trials, there's actually a really great website. If people want to look up what, what clinical trials are underway and for what it's called psilocybin alpha. But I mean, it's everything they're studying, everything from PTSD to cluster headaches, to social anxiety, ADHD, fibromyalgia, eating disorders, um, Opioid use, alcoholism. So you know, it's funny you bring up alcoholism and how alcohol is a fully legal drug. A lot of um, a lot of these trials with psilocybin and other psychedelics are focusing on psilocybin-assisted therapy to help people who have alcoholism.
0: Wow, that's really crazy. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I part of what I want to do with this podcast is to help people understand why we're, we're suddenly seeing this explosion of people talking about mushrooms and excited about them. Um, and then there's also still this misconception happening at the same time. It's illegal, so it must be a bad substance. And I think there's kind of a lot of, of confusion that needs to be um, remedied in all of this. So what exactly um, – so what are, what are they doing these studies on right now? So, like, what do mushrooms specifically help with that they're seeing in these studies and that people are really excited about?
1: Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, context setting for people that may be like new to mushrooms overall, obviously, if they're listening to your podcast, they probably are familiar with um, some functional mushrooms, but you'd actually be surprised how many people um, still don't fully understand the difference. And even, you know, with our product line that we launched, um, people will be like, is this, is this psilocybin? You know, what is the difference between chaga and, and, and psilocybin and, and reishi and turkey tail? So like, just like a a quick breakdown of like the designation, like fungi is a, you know, as a kingdom of its, of its own, we actually share humans share more genetic composition with mushrooms than we do to plants, which is wild. So our DNA is very closely related. And in this kingdom of mushrooms, people are familiar with culinary mushrooms, which you'll find at the grocery store, grocery stores, shiitake, um, you know, other button mushrooms, things like that. There's functional mushrooms, which are mushrooms that outside of being um, edible, they have medicinal specific benefits for your body. And there's like a whole, that's a whole rabbit hole that we can go down as well. And then there's psilocybin mushrooms, which is um, the psychoactive part of what people most commonly think of as magic mushrooms. And those are what's being, th- those are what is being studied in all of these clinical trials all throughout you know the world now at this point. And the reason, you know, you asked, the reason like why we are having this attention on mushrooms, it's it's actually more of a remembering than it is like this new thing. You know, mushrooms have been used for thousands of years, both functional and psychedelics. And if you look at the most vital parts of human evolution, there was this period of like, you know, the most vital parts of human development, 20,000 years of evolution, humans were consuming mushrooms, functional mushrooms for sure. And then depending on what theories you subscribe to, there's a lot of talk around this, the stone dape theory. Um, but the more you look into the evidence behind it, there is this period of human development where our brains grew an unexplainable amount. And what psilocybin does to your brain, which we can go, go into in a second is, um, it forms new neural pathways in your brain. It creates, um, new, new connectivity. It actually, you know, enhances your ability to learn. There's all of these beautiful things that psilocybin can do. Um, when it is in your brain, And so humans have evolved eating mushrooms. And so what's happening right now in the world is actually more of our Eastern, or sorry, our our Western world remembering um, what's going on in in Eastern culture. Like mushrooms, functional mushrooms have been used in Chinese medicine for thousands and thousands of years. Indigenous tribes have used psilocybin mushrooms in ceremonies for thousands and thousands of years. But they feel new. Like a lot of people, (laughs) I mean, this this isn't that common in the circles we you know reside in, but. A lot of people think that psychedelics and and mushrooms were like invented in the '60s. You know what I mean? Because that's that's yeah. when they were that's when they had the most attention in America. So anyway, it, it's more of just like a really actually remembering the root of a lot of these things.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that too because you know, and I'll, a lot of um, I can speak from my own experience. I was really scared of mushrooms for a long time. Like I. I didn't take my first dose until I was like 33 or 34, and I didn't even do it on purpose. I was um, out with friends, and someone just goes, open your mouth, and I was like, what did I just eat? And they were like, oh, I just gave you mushroom chocolate. I was like, oh, my God, here I go. And I, Because I just had been so scared. But looking back, I'm so grateful that my friend did that for me because it ended up being one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had because it was such a small dose that I just was happy. I felt so elated and happy and connected with my friends. And that's really what started my whole um, journey of exploration with mushrooms. And this is also why I feel so passionate about talking about this with people and trying to normalize and trying to... Um, ease people into this because I was one of those people that was so scared of it. You know, I grew up with D.A.R.E., the D.A.R.E. program in school, and they scared the shit out of all of us from doing any sort of drug. And I just, you know, looking back on that now knowing what I know, I'm like, that was so horrible to do to us because um, it created such an anxiety-ridden relationship with any sort of drug. Um, And, you know, it's really what kept me from doing mushrooms for so long. So what what are they doing exactly to your brain? You brought up this like changing the brain pathways and neural plasticity. Um what does that mean for people that don't understand?
1: Yeah, so with with psilocybin, which is which is magic mushrooms, what's happening in your brain is your gut is actually converting it to another chemical, a psilocin, which binds to serotonin receptors 2A receptors and um It's, it's kind of like this neuronal avalanching of sorts and what that means. Like if if you actually look up, there's a really good visual, Michael Pollan had it in his book, how to change your mind. And it shows, you know, a a normal brain activity. And then it shows your brain on psilocybin and it's, it's crazy. It shows all of these new neural pathways from one side of your brain um, to the other being connected in ways that they've never been used before. So there's a few different things that are happening when, when, um, when, when psilocybin is in, is in your system, you know, you have number one increased activity in your, in your visual cortex. So that's, what's creating all these distorted visuals. If you've ever, um, experienced those and your brain is also, um, lowering the activity in your default mode network. So that's why when people experience this ego dissolution or, or ego death, that's, that's what's happening. So you're actually able to, um, have a different perspective on things because you're, it's, it's, it's kind of like the brief removal from the matrix. There's a bunch of different ways to describe it. And, um, you know, it can exceed you you experience the the common things are exactly what you just described feelings, feeling of oneness with people around you, feeling of connectivity. There's, there's so many takeaways that people have, but on like a more scientific and logistical level, your brain is, is, is forming new neural pathways that have not been used before. And, when implemented and integrated in the right way, you can actually um, keep those pathways active.
0: That's so cool. I heard him once describe this on a podcast. It was like, um imagine your your brain is kind of like um like a snowy hill." Mm -hmm. And you go down this same path, you ride like a sled down. And, you know, every time you're sledding down, your sled goes down this same path that's already been created, this groove that's there. And then imagine, you know, psilocybin comes in, it's like a new fresh powder, a new snow. And then you go down this hill again with the sled and you're just creating these whole new pathways down in the snow that you had never even known were there and were possible, but you needed that snowfall to come in and create those new pathways.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. And you know, when you look at people that have, you know, been alive for sixty years, your habit loops are so ingrained. I mean, even even us, our habit loops are very ingrained. Like we're very um, we're creatures of habit. We're just walking habits. And so the ability to put your brain in a slightly neuroplastic state and increase open-mindedness to new things, um, it's it's remarkable. And I think something important that I'm that I'm really passionate about and part of the reason why we formed this this nonprofit that I was mentioning the microdosing collective is you know psilocybin is is proving to be beneficial for both clinical which is you know anxiety depression all of those disorders that i that i listed out that all these clinical trials are underway studying and also non clinical outcomes which is enhanced creativity connection flow athletic performance like more of these like softer things that you can't really um they're not as easy to study, right? And that's not the focus area of a lot of these these clinical trials, which is interesting because that's what you know, you see all the public policy right now is being formed around these macro doses, these heroic doses, which is, you know three to, to five, you know, sometimes higher grams of of psilocybin at these guided facilitated um, service centers. But then, you know, what we're, we're just describing is, is microdosing, which is a sub perceptual amount of psilocybin and taking it, um, not necessarily for a clinical outcome like anxiety, depression, but more of, of hu- this human optimization side of things. And so what I'm, I'm really passionate about is, is speaking about as it both, because they're it's, it's, it's equally as powerful. And I think that, um, it's unfortunate that there's not a lot of conversations around microdosing and not as many studies around microdosing. Like there, there aren't, you know, so a lot of this, a lot of why it's spread so rapidly is it's anecdotal and it's word of mouth. And, um, I'm excited to see as the space continues to develop and more people are coming out of the psychedelic closet, so to speak, and sharing their story (laughs) and their, and their use of these substances, how it will then inform, you know, studies and policy.
0: Hopefully by now you guys have heard me talk enough about Organifi to know that I'm obsessed with this company. First and foremost, I know I say this every time, but seriously, I cannot stress enough how important this is. Organifi is glyphosate residue free. So not only are they organic and non-GMO, but we can find comfort knowing that we're not going to get any glyphosate along with our micronutrients. I drink their green juice every single morning. It's super convenient because it's actually freeze dried. So all you have to do is add your favorite liquid to it. And you get a combination of 11 organic non-GMO superfoods, which help reset your body and support your hormones in a healthy way, support flushing out the body and feeding the cells. It helps improve immune response and also helps reduce stress thanks to the ashwagandha that's in there. I also drink their Pure every single podcast that I record because it helps with my mental clarity. And then they have another product that I haven't even talked about yet, the Red Juice, which is made specifically for energy support, but it's caffeine-free. It's just an organic blend of different vegetables and fruits and other components that help provide natural energy for the body. They so kindly gave me a code to share with you, and that code is Real Foodology for 20% off all Organifi products at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. Or you can go directly to Organifi.com slash realfoodology. So you kind of touched on this and I want to dive a little bit more into it for again, I'm trying to think of if people are really new to this space because I I know um, in LA and my social circles, everyone like everyone I know has either done microdose or is microdosing right now or is thinking about it. But for someone that's really new to this, what is kind of like a microdosing protocol and why would someone be drawn to even doing that? And can you work while you're doing it? Like what are some of the things that people need to know about microdosing versus macrodosing?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a few different things. So, you know, we, we, we kind of defined it microdosing is a subperceptual amount of, of psilocybin or, or another psychedelic for that matter. People don't just microdose psilocybin. Mushrooms. They also microdose, you know, LSD and there's this, you can microdose anything. It's just, a, yeah. it's a, it's, it's a, it's a smaller dose of what would be considered a macrodose. And, um, the protocol that is most commonly followed when you, you can read about this on the internet, there's a few great companies. I love third wave, um, and Paul from, from third wave, Paul Austin is also a, a board member and, and partner on this, on the microdosing oh, collective. Yeah. So that's a great resource for people to check out third wave, um, there's also really great information on double blind, which is a psychedelic magazine and they do incredible work. And so they have a lot of, um, details on programs you can follow with, with micro dosing, how to do it safely, how to make sure that you're, um, you know, dosing it correctly. And the typical protocol is several times a week. There's debate amongst which one is the best. I, you know, my opinion doesn't, it doesn't matter too, too much, but um, several times a week, two days on, one day off, or every other day. And the most important thing I think to note is you're not supposed to feel it. And a lot of times when people are taking microdosing products, there's you know, obviously black market underground brands that are shipping all across the country. And some brands are even on Shopify. It's crazy what's happening in the space right now. Yeah, that's wild. And um just make sure you're getting it from a, a really, you know, trusted source and Keep in mind that it's still a Schedule and substance and it's fully illegal, you know? And so there's this kind of balance where everyone thinks it's in a gray area. And I think it's important to come out and like, and, and talk about it. Um, but I'm, I'm really passionate about finding a way to get it legalized so that people can have safe and vetted access to these things um, through trusted source and not through, you know, a guy who knows a guy on on Signal, because that's where, that's where most of the mushrooms are coming from <laughs> right now, you know? So... Um, I would say those two resources though, in summary, kind of long-winded answer, double blind and third wave, incredible. And that's a really good place to start. Start with research, start with learning about what it does to your brain to figure out if it's right for you. Um, that's, that applies to all psychedelics.
0: Cool. And what, um, so this is kind of a double question. Who would mushrooms be best for? And is there anyone that really shouldn't take mushrooms? Like, is there someone that just should avoid them?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, functional mushrooms, I think are great for anyone. And and one of the things I also wanted to note is if, you know, in a lot of these microdosing stacks, you'll often find, you know, psilocybin combined with lion's mane and cordyceps and other functional mushrooms. And a lot of people, when they like feel this, um, you know, boost of energy or this jolt or like this aliveness in your brain, you're oftentimes feeling the lion's mane. And so I do, you know, I do want to emphasize, I know most of our conversation is, is, is centered around psilocybin, but f- these are from the same kingdom, and, and functional mushrooms are equally as powerful and can heal your body and your brain um, in in such profound ways. And then, you know, when used in combination, it's it's a whole other level. But um, that's just something important to note. Yeah. And so, if you want, if you want like a microdosing starter kit, I would say start taking or you start taking um, lion's mane. You know, which increases neuroactivity in your brain. It it, it creates um, it lights your brain up. You'll feel it. You will feel this increased sense of focus and. It's, it's remarkable what they've, what they've shown with functional mushrooms, even though there's still so many more studies that need to happen with them. Um, and then as far as who they would not be for, it's like this careful dance because, you know, the clinical trials right now are focused on people with mental disorders or, or mental health issues. But if you don't have enough of, you know, enough stability in your psyche to have it shaken up with psilocybin because that's what it does. You know, you go and, um, people report feeling like they're losing their minds. Like that is kind of the point for, for short periods of time, but that feeling of being out of control is not for everyone. And it's a beautiful experience. And I think that's why it's really important that it's combined with therapy. And so I would say it's kind of an ask your doctor situation, um, and make sure that if you do decide to go and, you know, experience, you know, psilocybin-assisted therapy, whether it's in the country in a clinical trial or out of the country at um, a retreat, that just make sure you know, you know, you build a relationship first. I have a friend, that's a ketamine-assisted therapist, and she just really emphasizes, you know, the trust that's built with the therapist beforehand, before going into one of these experiences and how that's vital um, to, to the experience, because they're experiential substances. Like when you go and take a a macrodose of psilocybin, this mystical experience that you have is, is the profound nature of the substance. It's not just, um, yes, it's increasing all this activity in your brain, but it's what you experience under, um, under the substance that creates this remarkable change. And the last thing to note on this long-winded answer is that the integration, the integration is key. You hear people talk about this all the time. Um, But, you know, without, without, integrating it properly you just had an amazing experience and that's a lot of times what people um, experience with recreational use where they like the, you know they party with them but there's no um, integration of that
0: so how does someone integrate it afterwards
1: it's you know I, th- I think there's, so there's a few different ways on yeah it's, it's it's dependent and also you know I'm supportive of of safe psychedelic use in all fashions and, you know, including recreational use, which is why, you know, I'm obviously very passionate about consumer products and what that's going to look like in the future. Um, But integration, there's a million different things that you can do. I I think having um, a group of people to support you through the integration process is really important because oftentimes you'll see someone go and, you know, go into a psychedelic, um you know, therapy experience or a ceremony, and then come back and have all these crazy profound realizations and then try to integrate it into the 3D with someone who has not just had that experience. You know, they're just like, let's go to lunch at Erwan and they're they, they're just not on the same frequency. So it's really important to to have people that um can support you through that process that have been that have been a part of it. You know, journaling, meditation, um, really making sure that you're coming back to your experience and revisiting it. There's a, there's a million different ways that you can do it.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and you know, kind of to your point, what you were saying about if people are not um, ready to kind of face some stuff, maybe this mushrooms aren't ready or for them yet. And I can kind of speak to this experience in myself. And I feel like um, in a way the mushrooms kind of find you like you're, I feel like usually you you end up in these experiences with mushrooms when you are finally ready to face those. And I'm speaking from my own personal experience. Um, I've talked about this couple a couple times on the podcast. Uh, I lost my little sister to a really tragic accident when mm-hmm. I was eight. And I was able to move through the grief of all of that with a really macro dose of mushrooms. But the wildest thing was that I did not plan any of this out. Like I feel like a lot of times people, you know, intentionally go to like an ayahuasca retreat or you do this like, you know, therapy-assisted therapy, therapy assisted, um, psilocybin trip, and I just had this one night where all this stuff had been coming up for me over the last couple months before leading up to that, and I had this one night where I was just like, I don't even know what it was. I was just like, I'm going for it, and I'm gonna do a bunch of mushrooms. And that night, I ended up releasing all of this grief that I'd been holding on for like 25 years that I didn't even know was there. And it was just like, it was almost as if like I was, yeah, it was like the mushrooms kind of led me into this and I didn't even know that it was there. And the beautiful thing about that with the mushrooms in my experience was that there was all this stuff that I was really scared to face that I wasn't ready to face that they helped me get through that and face it in a way that felt safe and like I could actually like really face it head on. And I just think it's so cool that how this whole thing, I don't know, just kind of how it all unfolded in that way.
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, I I think that one of the one of the most profound things that that psilocybin specifically can do is is help with grief and loss. And 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 you yeah. know you see you see this ex- exact exactly what you're describing these um, amazing results that they're having with with clinical trials with patients that are you know. Um, that have terminal cancer, end-of-life care. Like there was this this, this study that I was just reading um, in the Washington Post and they haven't officially published the results, but the preliminary findings were that out of these 30 participants um, for end-of-life care, 80% had their de- depression scores lower by 50%. And, wow. um, and oh, sorry, wait, it was let's see. I wrote down the stat. 80% had their de- depression scores drop by at least 50%. And then half no longer had clinical depression after a single dose of psilocybin. And you're seeing this a lot with like end of life and helping people transition, helping people mourn the mourn um, deaths that they've experienced or just traumas that they've experienced. And it's, it's profound. And you, and after you go through it, you're, you're a believer because you feel You feel different. I'm sure you feel like a different person
0: yeah. after
1: going through this experience. And um, as far as being, you know, called to it, mushrooms are magical. And I think that if you look at, you know, what's going on underneath the earth, there's, I I like to think a lot about like what's happening, you know, underground as above, so below and and vice versa. But there's mycelium, which is the underground root structure of mushrooms that covers every inch of of the planet. So everywhere you walk, we're stepping on, you know, on average like 300 miles of, of mycelial biomass underneath our feet. And it connects all living things on earth. And so when you see mushrooms popping up out of a grassy field, which, is, you know, mushroom is the fruiting body. So the fruiting body, which you, which most people um think of as a mushroom is the actual mushroom, but that underneath is, is the mycelium. It It's, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And so there's all these beautiful messages that you can learn from mushrooms and how they operate underground. And I think a lot of the, you know, this is like my, you know, my spiritual assessment of, of mushrooms, but I think a lot of the realizations that people have when they trip is just feeling more connected to other humans like mushrooms are to mycelium. And um, there's just a lot of really beautiful parallels there.
0: Sorry, my dog is growling. Come here. Um, hey, stop. Sorry. And that totally, we'll just cut all this out. That completely like messing up.
1: Hey, stop. No worries.
0: Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's, what's so beautiful about mushrooms and you know, what I've noticed too, which has been really cool in my experience of doing them is that every time I eat mushrooms, even if I'm just like, you know, out partying with friends and social, I get these little downloads and sometimes they're really small little blip things that just kind of like, I don't even know how to explain it other than I literally describe it as a download where it's just all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, this is just something I accept and it's part of me now. And I had never realized it before. Like I will never forget there was one um, prior to having this experience. I realized that I was looking outside of myself for answers and validation and love and all of this stuff. And I had this moment one time where I was just like, you have everything you need that you're looking for in you. And that sounds so simple. It sounds so cheesy, but there was something about the way that it connected with me when I was on those mushrooms that it was like, all of a sudden it was just like, yes, like this makes so much sense to me. This is a part of me now. And now I have this wisdom that I can take on um, with me through life. And that was, it was such a simple thing and it completely changed my life.
1: Mm. Yeah. There's, there's a quote around cliche becomes wisdom through experience. And so that's (laughs) why, you know, you know, when you have experiences with Sal Simon or other psychedelics, um, yeah, it, it it imprints you. It, It lasts, I'm, I'm such a huge believer and it's because of, of seeing crazy changes in my, in my own, in my own life, my family's life. And, um, you know, that once you, if you are, you know, kind of, um, more skeptical about the space as people should be, people should be skeptical about, um, New information like this because it's being introduced to a lot of people for the first time, and they've had to rewrite all these old programs. I grew up with the D.A.R.E. program too. It's a completely different, um, it's a completely <laughs> different education, and you know, there's no real judgment around that because that's just how you know society you know evolved. But there's all this information out there, you know, through things like podcasts, through through, through social media. Like that is one of the beauties of social media that we're able to have access to this information and access to the learnings and wisdom of indigenous tribes that have been using these ceremonies for thousands of years. And like, you know, we're having all these aha, wake up moments and you know, all, you know, if you, if you go and look at, you know, the lineages and the, and the, and the tribes that have been using these in ceremonial settings routinely throughout their entire lives, it's just a part of their livelihood. And so they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, and you guys kind of are starting to get it now. Um, and I'm just grateful that we have access to this information, and that there's things like this that are happening. It's it's such an exciting time in the space. But like there's in in 2018, it was it was still this new taboo thing, and it still has stereotypes psychedelics overall. But now there's will be over 50 publicly traded companies in North America that are focused on on psychedelics. There's hundreds of clinical trials underway studying all of these different. Disorders and there's all this progress and legalization all throughout the country, decriminalizing on a local level. Psilocybin, you know, Oregon voted to legalize psilocybin through Measure One Hundred Nine, which is really exciting. And that's still, you know, just to clarify for people that are listening, that that does not mean that all psychedelics and psilocybin are going to be legal, and that you can go in and all of a sudden the chocolate mushrooms that you're <laughs> that you're eating on the on the weekends are going to be legal. That's 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 not the case, but macrodosis at service centers. That's what's happening in Oregon. And they're putting the policy in place right now to figure out what that exactly will look like. But it will enable anyone who is a citizen of Oregon right now to start to go in and experience psilocybin-assisted therapy, which is amazing.
0: What would someone do if they had a bad reaction? And I'm putting this in quotes because I've heard that a bad reaction is usually just you facing things that you don't want to face in your subconscious.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's two different answers to that. And I have had friends um, and myself actually experience, you know, uh, therapy sessions with psilocybin or other, or another psychedelic and, um, you know, have what would, what would be deemed like, you know, a bad trip or, or uncomfortable feelings that come up. And part of that like is the process for sure. And, you know, a lot of what psychedelics do for people is help them go into their trauma, process it, um figure out where in the body that it lives. I actually just recorded a great podcast with Mary with Dr. Mary Party oh, who's I, I I don't know if you've had her on if you should if you haven't had her on you should have her on the podcast but she's brilliant and she's looking at a lot of trauma um indications in with with psychedelics and really really fascinating stuff there about like what is actually happening in the body when you experience trauma. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is you know, in part, you're going into the trauma, there is going to be uncomfortable things that come up when you're facing um, negative emotions from your past that you've never looked at before. But also, there is, you know, risks of, of of people having a bad trip. And I think that there's so much excitement around psychedelics. I'm obviously so excited about them, about them right now. But a lot of what I ask people when they come on our podcast, um, that are experts in the space, are what are the downsides that people aren't talking about? Because, you know, there is no magic pill, as we know, and in, in, in our in our Western world, like we've been trying to find the magic pill forever. It doesn't exist in psychedelics. it still it still doesn't exist. It's um, such a beautiful, incredible tool to help people with whatever that they're whatever they're facing. But there is the possibility for um, a bad experience. And if you're not supported in the right way, then that can have some really negative effects. That's why it's called, you know, psychedelic assisted therapy. That's why that is what is being studied. It's in, you know, used in combination with therapy. I'm supportive of, of all different types of, of, of usage, but I think, you know, especially if you are someone who is looking for, you know, looking to one of these tools for, A clinical indication, anxiety, depression, absolutely do it with with someone that can support you through that experience so that if you do have a bad trip, you can integrate it well, and it may end up being a great experience. Um, But just make sure you're supported.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. I also thought about while you were speaking about this, that what I've noticed in my own experience is the times that I have found um, I, I've always been able to catch it and I've never gone into like a fully really bad experience, but I've kind of been able to catch the beginning phases of be- feeling like I'm about to go into a bad trip. And for me, what helps is just making sure that I'm surrounded by people that I feel safe with. It's really about the environment for me. Like I remember there was one time mm-hmm. that I was, um, at a party and I looked around all of a sudden I didn't know anyone there and I was like, Oh, I feel like myself spiraling out. And then I just immediately went and found people that I knew felt really safe for me. And then it completely changed my entire mindset around it. And then I had a great night.
1: Yeah. Set, set and setting is, is crucial. Yeah. I th- also just, you know, set and setting is crucial in life. I think, you know, yes. psilocybin and other psychedelics tend to enhance that. Um, and you, you know, you're you super energetically sensitive. And I actually think, you know, if you're experiencing those type of feelings, it's it's, you know, it's. It's just an, it's enhancement. It's an enhancement for sure. And yeah, that's why they say set and setting is absolutely crucial. Make sure you're with people you trust and in an environment that you feel safe in. And yeah. that's crucial to the experience. And, you know, just on, you know, uh, this is just an interesting point, you know, 70% of the thoughts that you have are, are dictated by your environment. And that is true when you're on, when your brain is altered with, with a hallucinogenic um, or not. So It's why it's important to surround yourself with, you know, healthy, positive things and people just in general. And that's especially true when you're in an altered state.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how did you get into all of this? Are you um, okay with sharing maybe a profound experience you had with mushrooms? Kind of, yeah. How did you get into all this and your experiences?
1: Yeah. So I actually, I got, um, I, I found functional mushrooms first and, those were introduced to me through companies like Four Sigmatic, who's amazing. We have them on the multiverse as well. And I started experimenting with functional mushrooms. I had a wellness company before this, and I started using them every day, this was, you know, five or six years ago. And they totally changed my gut, my health. I've had, you know, a lot of our, and, I, and this is maybe a similar story for you, but a lot of my, um, the greatest things that I've been led to in my life have come from, ailments or, you know, or problems that I've had. So I had severe gut problems since before I can remember. So, you know, probably that came from since I was born or maybe something that happened to me in childhood, but gut problems and functional mushrooms made a huge impact on, you know, they're, they're obviously loaded with a ton of fiber. There's so many incredible health benefits of of functional mushrooms, which we could record a whole other podcast on. And, um, I started experiencing that. I started feeling different. I started feeling my energy levels different. I stopped drinking caffeine. I was using cordyceps and chaga. And I just felt amazing. I felt superhuman. And um, I was like, wow, these are really powerful. And then in parallel, I was paying attention to I've I've always been uh, kind of a self-improvement nerd. And I love people like Tim Ferriss. I've been looking at Michael Pollan's work for years and years. And when they started coming out and, and talking about psychedelics, And I started looking at profound people that I really respected in the space, actually going so far to fund psychedelic research, I was like, there's something really interesting here. And so I just became a student of it. I started reading everything that I could, um, listening to everything that I could. Podcasts have been a huge, huge game changer in my life overall. And I just started to become obsessed. And I was like, I want to do something in the mushroom space. That was always in my journals. I just, you know, I want to start something in the mushroom space. I never knew what it would evolve into. And um, I think that what I found the most interesting is that these functional mushrooms that had changed my life so radically and the the psilocybin psychedelic mushrooms that people were talking about were from the same kingdom. And there wasn't really that correlation. And so why, you know, I continue to kind of like harp on functional mushrooms and and psilocybin is um, there's so much to be learned from the fungi kingdom overall. And I think, you know, there is not one that is more profound than the other. They're all really um, unique in their own ways. And part of what we wanted to create with the multiverse was an ecosystem to educate on all, all mushrooms, you know, functional mushrooms, psilocybin, and, and bring together all the things that I I care about. I love hosting. I love hosting parties. And, um, so a lot of that community element is a huge part of the brand as well.
0: Yeah. I want to come to one of those dinners. That sounds so fun. For sure. Um, so have have you had a really profound mushroom experience? And it could well. It, you talked about your functional one, but do you have one with magic mushrooms that you feel safe sharing, or is that not something? Yeah, you
1: Yeah, yeah, no, cool. for sure. I actually, I think maybe what what comes what's most present for me is actually just a recent experience that I have, and or I had, and and a learning that I had from it. Because I've had so many. I mean, I've had endless takeaways from mushrooms. They've been the huge, they've been my biggest teachers in my life. And I've had a lot of really incredible human teachers, but mushrooms have for sure been my, my biggest teachers. And actually I have an article that I wrote and maybe we can link it. I won't, I won't go through all yeah, the details, should. but, but I wrote an article about um, seven reasons why humans should behave like mushrooms. And so a lot of my, my takeaways when I, when I, you know, when I take mushrooms are like how, how can we be more like them? There's so much wisdom and how they operate and how they, you know, function and in, in symbiosis with other species. There's so much, you know, wisdom and, and collaboration. I, so there's so much there um, just in general. So maybe we can link to that article, but my most recent experience that's coming up for me is um, I was with some friends and I was looking, I was in, I was in Costa Rica and I was looking on the, on the beach. And all of a sudden I realized there's like all of these insane geometric patterns all around me. And I was like, what is this coming from? Like, is this some sort of like a truck that had rolled over the sand and created this pattern, but it just, it looked super odd and I couldn't under I couldn't really understand it. And so I got down close to the sand um, and I was looking and I realized that there's all these tiny holes in the ground and thousands of these tiny crabs were coming out of the sand. And, <laughs> and then they were coming out of these holes, rolling these little balls of sand and then placing them in all of these like geometric patterns. And they were just thousands of them doing this. And I was just fascinated by this was watching them and looking at them. And, you know, it's like the most, this is like the most mushroom story ever. Like someone staring into the ground, just obsessed with what they're saying on this, you know, you would never see, you would never notice if you were, um, if this, if this, if you were not in an altered state and, I just remember thinking like, oh my God, they're just working so hard. I just want, you know, I just want to tell them like, go relax, get a beer with your friend, like, (laughs) you know, just, just like take a breather. They just like, feel like they were just, just like, it felt like Tasmanian devil, just like watching them, you know, from this like larger, I was just like, I have such perspective and I just wanted to share with these crafts how hard they were working. And one of my friends looks at me and goes, that's what the aliens are saying about us. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, that's so true. You know, it's, and, and you know, just a picture, just that perspective lift of like, you know what? If there was someone that was our size compared to what we are to a crab, um, what would they say about what we're doing with our lives? And it's those kind of like funny perspectives. I've had thousands of, I feel like, on, um, you know, with the aid of, of psychedelics. And those kind of perspective shifts get you out of your brain and get you out of this over introspection that you know is the root cause of a lot of depression and anxiety and it just it just brings me back to humor and i yeah so that that was one that was one of my recent experiences
0: i love that so much it's also just such a great reminder that perspective um can really help you get out of yourself and out of, out of your own way, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're able to zoom out and look at the big picture and realize like, oh, life, like we all take life too seriously. And I mean, there's so many different, you know, like routes that we could go down, but having that kind of perspective really helps you, um, to enjoy your life more, I guess, you know?
1: Yeah. They've, they've, uh, they've been profound for me. And I, I think that you can get those kind of insights, through a million different um ways, you know, meditation, nutrition, movement, community. Um, I think it's just another tool in the conversation of wellness. And so part of what I think is super important um as this space progresses is just to start including it, you know, psychedelics and mushrooms, both functional and psilocybin and into the, the wellness conversation and how yeah. can they play a role in your life and be one of the tools that can help you live your most optimal life.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And I love that you brought up these functional adaptogenic mushrooms a lot. What I love so much about these mushrooms, and I I like you, this is where I first got introduced into mushrooms was through like Four Sigmatic and You know, my whole thing is I've really struggled with anxiety my whole life. And when I started taking things like reishi to calm down my nervous system, what I thought was so cool about these mushrooms is their adaptogenic ability to, um, when you take them, they literally adapt to what your body needs. And when I figured that out, I was like, mushrooms are so cool. They have this infinite wisdom to know exactly what your body needs and provide it to help assist you in whatever it is that you need assistance in.
1: Yeah, no, they're they're so why that is, is because they're immune modulators. So, you know, they have, they have compounds in them that help to modulate our immune system to help it, you know, keep it functioning optimally. And, you know, they, they really work in our body to help make us more resilient to stressors. And, you know, the easiest way to think about that is homeostasis.
0: Yeah. And
1: they're low. I mean, they're, they're loaded with, there's, this is, you know, a whole other conversation, but polyphenols, polysaccharides, beta-glucans um, that really help your body to, support your immune system, um, to manage stress. And then, you know, each of the individual functional mushrooms, chaga, turkey tail, reishi, um, there's like 13 main ones that people talk about all have a more specific function in and of themselves, but together, you know, it's like this overall boost of antioxidant and immune system function. Yeah.
0: I love that so much. So how, how do you think mushrooms are going to help with our world and our society and like everything that we're dealing with right now, I feel like, um, there's, there's a need for like more consciousness in our society. What do mushrooms kind of do for that? And how do you think they're going to help us shift society? And that can be functional magic, all of them. Yeah.
1: It's my, it's my favorite thing to talk about. Um, you know, so if you, depending on what studies you look at, one eighth of the global population is suffering from some sort of a mental health disorder, and those are just the indications that are that are known. and And that feels really real to me. Like that statistic feels very accurate. Some of the highest performing people that I know, um, that people would never guess, are, are suffering from some sort of anxiety, depression. It's a we live in a very um, interesting world right now. Or that that, that makes a lot of sense why people are experiencing that. We have so much stimuli, and there's so much going on, and. I think that psilocybin, I had a friend that described it this way, and they have incredible work. Azria and and B. Becker just released a book on becoming. So this is their words, not mine, but they described um, what's the state of our planet like a burning forest right now. And, you know, psychedelics are are the shortcut in a lot of ways for people. They are described as, you know, years of therapy. People come out of these experiences and say, wow, it would have taken me 10 years of talk therapy to get there. And so because of the state of the planet, it feels like it necessitates um, a quicker response, which psychedelics can help um, get us there quicker. So that's on the psychedelic front. But on just like a general like, m- overall mushroom level, like it is fascinating what's happening in the world with fungi. And, you know, we we, we touched on functional mushrooms. So you see them popping up in, in every supplement and, and, you know, consumer package, good category that you can imagine, drinks, beverages. We have i have it right here we have we make functional mushrooms for mush. food sprays and um it's amazing so there's all these products that are helping people incorporate mushrooms back into their diet because humans stopped eating them in the in the west and on the other side of things something we didn't discuss yet is mycelium which is you know this underground root structure of of mushrooms is being used for packaging alternatives It's being used for, you know, reversal of environmental damage. There's some mushrooms that can actually eat toxins out of the air and return them to the earth. There's so much innovative um, things that are happening with fungi. Like the list truly is endless. People are using uh, mycelium for leathers and these massive companies, Stella McCartney, NASA, you know, Adidas Mm -hmm. are all getting into mycelium alternatives to packaging, into leathers, into plastics. It's, It's really, really wild. So the use case is is endless. And a lot of, you know, what I like to say is, which is a big, it's a big statement, but if you look at all the problems the world is facing, there does seem to be an avenue for mushrooms to help. And that's that's really exciting. You know, that's everything from mental health to fashion.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. I haven't heard that yet about um like uh, leather alternatives. That's really cool. And the packaging too. I mean, we need to... Get rid of our plastic. So that's really exciting. Um, I also see it too as kind of like um since it's helping people become more connected with themselves and healing their trauma, um, it's allowing people, you know, to show up better in the world, having, you know, being healed. Um, it's kind of like the that concept of you put on your air mask or your, you know, your mask first on the airplane before you can help others. It's kind of like Helping you become more connected to yourself and healing your traumas, and then you can show up in the world and then, you know, be an example for other people and and things like that, you know, trickle out into society. And so I think that's really cool. And also um having this kind of profound connection with nature. I mean, people talk about this all the time and I've experienced this as well, as when you're on mushrooms, you just wanna be outside in nature, you know, and you see the trees breathe and Um, you feel this sense of connection with our world that you don't normally feel on a day to day basis. And it's such a nice reminder that, um, you know, we came from the earth. We're all connected. And I think that too kind of helps us get out of this kind of individualism that we're experiencing right now where everyone's, you know, we're not living in tribes anymore. We're all living holed up in our apartments, especially the last two years. You know, we've been so disconnected. And um, what a beautiful thing that this is kind of um, hopefully bringing more connection back to society.
1: Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I actually, um, Christian, Dr. G, I was just sharing this on his podcast. So um, apologies if it's repetitive, but you know, one of the, one of the takeaways that a lot of people have um, with mushrooms or other psychedelics is that they want to be outside in, in nature with other people and, what our modern world is conditioning us to to go towards is to be in these massive houses alone, which mm. is, um, you know, it just, it, it feels very ironic when you look at it that way, but yeah, they, they are, they are incredible. And I I'm excited for what's happening in this space right now, because I think that the more education, the more things like this that are going on, the more conversations around them, it's going to invite people to look inwards. It's definitely invited me to look inwards, And I think it all does start with, start with the human and a lot of why I'm excited about the microdosing collective and and specifically microdosing psilocybin. In addition to, you know, the macrodosing that all these clinical trials that are going on is amazing as well. But, um, the slight neuroplasticity that microdosing has enabled me to have while I'm in my life and the live pattern interruption that enables me to have is, is really, really
0: powerful for me. Yeah. That's so cool. So for people listening, I know you're really passionate about this, especially with the legislation and all of that. How can people get involved? Like, how can they, um, you know, put their money to help a cause or, um, I don't know, talk to their local senators? Like, what are different things that people can do if they're really passionate about this like you are?
1: Yeah, I love that question. Um, the reason why we created this, um, this, we have a 501c3. It's called the Microdosing Collective. And the reason why we created it is to build a community that are passionate about Microdosing, and there's a few different ways right now. We're 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 in the process of, of building a library of resources and and putting together all of our um you know our advisory board and our next steps. But there's some really exciting momentum that's happening. So if people want to, you know, number one, just just stay up to date with what we're doing, go sign up for our mailing list. It's microdosingcollective.org, which we can link in the show notes. And um, you know, there's an option to donate. Please sign our manifesto. We have. A manifesto that we've written about our perspective on the space, what our intention is with the organization, and what our plans are. And then, if anyone is looking to be more actively involved, like the, the more the more hands on deck, the better. So, you know, you can reach out to me personally, uh, or just send a message through through Microdosing Collective, and we will we'll get back to you.
0: Awesome. And tell everyone a little bit about Supermush. You mentioned it a little bit, but I want you to really talk about these. Um, I first discovered Super Mush, well, through you, but then also I literally went to Erwan and they were spraying it in um their lattes. So I've been putting your the cinnamon Well, I forgot which one that's called. The cinnamon spray like in my coffee. Oh, yes. Yeah. So good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean super mush is what I spend most of my time on. And it's 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 been such a fun. Project to watch come to life. So we, you know, if people want to check it out at supermush.com. We have launched our first product a little, a little over five, I guess it's five months now. And um, they're functional superfood mouth sprays. And the reason why we created this is mushrooms don't typically taste good. People, you know, as we're discussing this conversation, a lot of people have an aversion to mushroom. They don't like the taste. And they're kind of grossed out by mushrooms. So we wanted to to create something that was highly effective that got mushrooms into your system, your daily dose as quick as possible, but also tasted amazing and had this craveability and to also create a brand that helped to shift the culture around mushrooms. So we have them. I know some people would just be listening, so they can't see the ones that I'm holding up, but um, this is our energy spray and- it's made with cordyceps, lion's mane, green tea extract, orange peel, a bunch of other superfoods, and adaptogen. So it's not just mushrooms in a bottle. Um, it's sweetened with a little bit of honey and monk fruit, but you know, essentially nothing in the whole bottle. No, you know, negligible caffeine. A little bit from the green tea extract, but people are using, you know, the energy spray to get off coffee. They're using it to party at night when they don't want to um, stay up all night with caffeine or, or other things, and. What you do is you shake, you spray four times on your tongue. The reason why we launched sprays is because it's actually the most effective way to get supplements into your system. You're probably familiar with sublingual delivery and why tinctures are so effective, but sprays actually take that one step further through this process called buccal absorption. So when you spray something, it goes directly into your cheek mucosal layer and your lungs. So you feel it almost immediately. So there's like, you know, on one hand, you will feel the effects of, of these mouth sprays within, within minutes. And the more you take them over time, you boost your immune system and, and they help you become more resilient against against disease and um, endless, lists of benefits. So we have an energy mouth spray. We have an immunity one, which is the one you're talking about. It tastes like cinnamon toast. It's delicious. Oh, it's so this is good. made with, with reishi and turkey tail, cinnamon, ginger. It's like, it's, it's like kind of a pumpkin spice latte, cinnamon toast crunch vibes. It's really good. <laughs> and then we have this daily chill one which is made with Rishi ashwagandha and this this is my favorite i take this throughout the day um you know before important meetings i have a lot of energy so it helps kind of bring me down and every night before i go to bed and it's been a game changer and i can just take them in my pocket without having to mix you know a drink a powder um you just literally spray it on your tongue you're done
0: yeah. It's so nice. I know I throw them in my bag and bring them with me. Like I love the chill one too. Cause like I mentioned earlier, I, I deal with a lot of stress and anxiety and I've been using that spray a lot. It's really amazing. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Um, before we end everything, is there anything that you feel is really important that we didn't get over or that, that we didn't go over that you think people should know about?
1: It covered a lot. I think we touched yeah. on, you know, most, most things I would just say, um, you know, for, for for anyone that's interested in in mushrooms and looking to, you know, to incorporate them more into their life, definitely check out Super Mush. We created it for people that um, may be a little bit skeptical, maybe that are mushroom curious, um, but looking to incorporate the benefits into their world. And um, I would just say for people that are looking into the psilocybin space, so those resources I mentioned, Third Wave, Double Blind, um... Do your research and the more you learn, um, I guarantee you'll be fascinated. Please reach out if you have any other questions. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see how this space evolves and I really appreciate the conversation and you doing what you're doing on your podcast and just the vulnerability around all that. I think it's so important. Oh, thank you.
0: I appreciate that. I was just gonna say I'm I love that you're doing this. It's definitely needed right now and Um, I love your voice in this community, and it's really cool what you're doing, especially going after the legislation and trying to um, create a safer place for people to experiment with these psychedelics. It's really cool. So before we go, um, I want to ask you what I ask everyone, which is what are your health non-negotiables? So these are things that no matter how busy and crazy your day is uh, that you do to prioritize your health. It can be, you know... Meditating, exercising, whatever it is, these are things that you have to do on a daily basis for your health.
1: Mm. You know, I yeah, this is not this is not a plug, but mushrooms. I take mushrooms every day. Um, those are my if I can't take any other supplement, I I take some sort of a functional mushroom product every single day, and movement is crucial for me. I think, you know, it's, it doesn't happen every single day because of of where my life is at right now, but the days that I have the best days are the days where I'm moving and, and working out. That is such a game changer for my energy levels, my mood, everything. Um, and, and gratitude is really huge for me. I have, I have this app that I'm using on my phone right now where it reminds me to send like a love note, a gratitude note to someone in my life that I love mm. every single day. And I do that every single day. I do have a, a pretty elaborate morning routine and, and practice that I get to most mornings where I, you know, I have my whole little altar set up. I have my red light. I have my journal. Um, and I have an entire gratitude practice that I go through. Um, with that, I actually have these like tiny, cute little um like crystal mushrooms that I use, uh, that are, that are part of my routine. Everything's, everything's very on brand over here, but, um, you know, gratitude is huge for me and they, and they, that shows up in a a bunch of different ways. Um, the last thing I think I'll say is community. My, My closest people are so important to me. And I think there's not a, there's not many things in life that the right conversation with the right person cannot solve. And so, um, connection with all the amazing humans in my life is 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 vital for my happiness
0: yeah oh i love that so much it is really important all right so where can people find you and where can they find super mush and the the multiverse all of it plug all your stuff so people can find you
1: yes so you can find me at instagram on ali shaper and it's A-L-L-I-S-C-H-A-P-E-R. And then Supermush is at Supermush on Instagram, also supermush.com. Multiverse, our marketplace is yourmultiverse.com. It's also on Instagram at multiverse. And then our podcast, Into the Multiverse, you can find everywhere podcasts are streamed. Um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yada, yada. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Into the Multiverse. And... Um, That Instagram account is if you want to keep up to date with the latest psychedelic legalization news, our podcast, events, everything in that world. And yeah, those are the main platforms. And then also we mentioned microdosing collective, but microdosingcollective.org is our nonprofit. Um, And you can find it online also at Instagram at Microdosing Collective.
0: Amazing. And we will add all these to the show notes too, so that people can find all the links really easily. So, well, thank you so much, Ali. This was such an amazing conversation. I loved it. Thank you for having me on. I loved it too. And I can't wait to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first.